Hello and welcome to Destiny Moments with your host, Dana Ferran. Today I want to talk about, well, it's really a continuation um, of a show that I was, you know, I had the privilege of joining. Um, you know, I was a, I was part of a five, you know, member um, talk show um, last night and it was really, you know, enlightening and eye-opening. And I decided that I was going to continue um, that talk on here on this podcast, Destiny Moments with your host, Dana Ferran. I know it's been a while. I've only released one podcast and, you know, my busy schedule, literally, I had to stand up to my schedule today and say, no, it's been like three weeks and I have to, um, I have to release something um you know in this second you know almost third week um of february i mean it's just been crazy like you know i have to give a shout out um not a shout out it was really quite sad and i have to admit um i know it's a bit of a you know downer you know at the start of the show but um the last time i did a podcast was actually on the 26th of january and you know at the time when i was you know at the time when I was recording this podcast, I was not aware of the tragedy that was taking place as I was, you know, recording the last podcast. And it's only to find out that, you know, just about two hours after recording my first podcast, I found out that my, you know, my favorite basketball player, like literally I grew up on the man, um, Kobe Bryant, um, tragically passed, you know, in a helicopter crash along with his daughter and seven other victims. And so, you know, it, it's just, it's just been a bit, it was a shock to me. It brought up a lot of trauma. So I had to just take time out and just really process, you know, the, the, the wounds, the grief that I was experiencing and really finding the root of why I was going through what I was going through. Um, I really needed to understand why his death affected me the way it did. And I found out, thank God for counseling. Um, so yeah, here we are, second podcast. And guys, just bear with me. I'm still learning this whole podcast thing. Um, but I just really wanted to kind of continue because I felt like I have so much more to say. Um, I literally have so much more to say. So um, the, the topic um, of the talk show um, last night was, you know, your mental health matters. And, you know, there were so many different topics, you know, there was five of us as young women. And we, you know, I, I really honor the women, you know, that were on there, you know, we had um, Davina, I'm only going to refer to them as first names, because I can't remember all their surnames. Sorry, ladies, if you listen to this. Um, so we had Dr. Heather, who was the host, and we had Davina, who was the co-host. And then we had Linus Tamar, who was a guest, um, you know, on the show and um, we had um kimberly um who was also a guest on the show and myself you know dana farron you know and my topic um was about celibacy and how to handle rejection now you know as usual i'm so used to when i you know take the mic or when i go to speak sometimes i believe in that moment the holy spirit will have me speak on what whoever's watching or whoever will watch you know he he allows me to release what you know they will need at that time uh, but there was just so much more that was literally unloading you know or i'll say being downloaded in my spirit um today as i was literally um you know just pondering and thinking about 
you know, about last night's um, talk show. And it was just really an eye opener. And it also brought out a lot in me as well. A lot of things that I never thought, you know, that I that I was able to talk about. Um, in fact, no, I, I have not really spoken about that part of my life, really, because, you know, as I said in the talk show um, last night, is that celibacy is something that I've never really, you know, I'm not into labels. For me, I'm the kind of person, if I'm going to do something, I'm just going to do it. You know, I never really thought of a definition of, you know, how I was living. I just kind of, you know, I was just like trying to figure it out with God every day. And, you know, one of the things I spoke about um, in, in, you know, on the show last night was the fact that God has graced me and allowed me um, to go through, you know, a lot. I've been through a lot, you know, in terms of my young, you know, in terms of my childhood and, you know, from the age of five, you know, going right up. You know, if you I, I will actually say check out um, Dr. Heather Ashley, um, you know, free your mind. Um, counseling services um you know i believe the page on facebook you know is dr heather ashley check out her page and i believe it's dimpass tv so the interview that i did last night it's going to be aired on sunday um well next sunday um the 23rd of february at 6 p.m and that's gmt um, and it's going to be on Dimpass, so D-I-N-P-A-S-T-V. So you can really watch that on YouTube and on Facebook. And, you know, literally, you know, I was talking about my journey, you know, what I've been through from the age of five to 12. And one of the things I want to expand on um, that I didn't get to talk, because, you know, I only had 15 minutes, um, is the fact that all of what I've been through, um, it was quite confusing it was quite it was a great area for me so there was a lot of mess that happened between the age of six um, and 12 and so because of the things that happened to me i.e molestation etc you know i found myself in a place it wasn't necessarily promiscuity because you know you know as young children you know you play house you experiment and all these things and you know these are things like i was i was just curious and because of the kind of people that were around me there were things that they exposed me to that i did not understand what i was doing and so i found myself experimenting but never going um the full way so as i said in my testimony and i know guys this is quite graphic so if you're under the age of 18 please be mindful that you're listening to you know growing people's talk glory um so yeah so around the age of 12 that was my last experience you know of you know what i say yeah my last experience of being exposed um to sexual natures like things that that involved the sexual nature i was attacked um by a guy that i dated for a few days i think he attacked me on the sixth the sixth day after meeting him and you know after that it kind of traumatized me um but the truth be told is that when that happened um i never remembered so trauma had kicked in and i'd forgotten the attack so much that in two weeks i literally was talking back to him i was like oh you know i'll date you again not remembering what he had put me through and so i believe it was the grace of god that intervened in my life um during that season you know where my mom just literally told us you know we're moving to another city and we moved um to the east midlands nottingham and it was there you know we moved in october of 2003 and december of 2003 that's when i rededicated my life to the lord so i was 13 years old when god i say god snatched me back in 
because for those who, who haven't heard my full testimony, I had my full fledged plan of when I'd get to 18, I was going to do this. I was going to do it all. I told I, in fact, I remembered having a conversation with my mother and I said to my mother, when I turn 18, I'm going to have tattoos. And I told her the kind of tattoos I was going to have. I had it all planned out. It was going to be both my arms. I was going to have one at the bottom of my spine. I was going to have one on my back. I was going to have wings on my back. I was going to have piercings like all down my ears. I was going to have a tattoo over my belly button. I think, I, no, that's it. I was going to get piercings, um, my belly button and all other areas. I was just a mess. And I can just imagine God was literally in glory with the angels just laughing at me saying, yeah, she's planning that, but she has no idea what I am planning for her. And so, you know, <clears throat> I would say, excuse me, around you know november 2003 to december i just had loads of supernatural experiences loads of visions it was literally god saying come home and december 2003 i rededicated my life to the lord december the 28th 2003 i never forget that day i heard the word of the lord and um, through my then bishop um, Bishop Terence Thompson, you know, and when he preached that word, I literally I went to the altar and I I gave my life back to God, and so from thirteen till now, you know, I have been, you know, living, you know, a life of celibacy. Like, and again, I never really walked by that title because I was just I just feared God. For me, I just wanted God to get the glory out of my life. Now, let me just say this for you know, because my my dear friend and co-host who you know beautifully added that towards the end of my testimony that. I don't want you, if you are listening to this podcast, I don't want you to listen to this in a place of condemnation and think that, oh, well, you know, she's kept herself, so I can't listen to her because I'm not the same. No, you know what? You have your own journey and you have your own testimony and God will get the glory out of your testimony if you just give it to him. And so one of the things I shared was that, you know, from that age, you know, I didn't really make it clear in the interview how old I started to literally be disciplined like you know, nothing. It, it was hard because there were things, as I, as I said, there were doors that were open in my life. So there were struggles, you know, in terms of urges, you know, things in terms of what I watched on the TV and all of that. But nevertheless, I had a strong conviction um, about, you know, losing myself or going with any and anyone. Like it was just such a strong conviction. And I truly believe the Lord also used um, the experience, you know, the experience of like my friends, you know, around me at the time. Because when I was at school, you know, most of my friends weren't saved, but I felt like God was calling me to be an example um, to them. So there were times when I would have certain friends who were very open about their lifestyle. They were very open about, you know, the things that they got involved in, the things that they were doing. And, you know, they knew my stance. They knew my conviction. They knew my confession that I was a born again believer and I believed in Jesus Christ. And, you know, so they, they were very open with me what they got up to. But one of the times I'll always remember this stuck out in my mind. I was walking with one of my school friends in the city centre and as we were walking she just hid behind me and bearing in mind I'm quite short like I'm five foot well the doctors say I'm five foot two and a half I don't that don't make no sense so I go by the fact that I'm five foot three I believe I'm five foot three but whatever so I'm five foot two and a half to five foot three and imagine this girl who's probably at the time about five foot six you know, I'm not, I don't want to exaggerate. She was probably five foot five, five foot six, and she was trying to hide behind me. And I couldn't understand why she was hiding. But when I saw where her eyes went after we walked past, I realized she was hiding from a guy. And, you know, 
again because i saw things deeply from such a young age you know i just i just saw things deeper like you know you would see you know yellow or red i know i hope this makes sense what i'm saying but for me as a person how i thought and how i perceived things i wouldn't just see that it was yellow it's almost like i would see the message behind the yellow the color yellow i would i would almost see the revelation why it's yellow at that time when i walked past it i was just quite a deep person and so when that happened um i started to really converse with the holy spirit and i thought god i feel like for me i want to honor my husband i don't know where that thought came from and i truly believe it was the holy spirit but i remembered in that moment i said god you know i need you to help me and i want to honor my husband i don't want to be walking with my husband um, in the shopping center or wherever and I'm having to be dodging behind him because of the men I'd slept with I didn't want that for my life and I don't know why my mind went there but I almost thought to myself like what if she was walking with her potential husband and you know she saw the guys that she was sleeping with and literally was dodging that it would look bad on her and he would have felt a certain way and so right there in that moment it was so random but I felt like I had to honor um, my future husband even though I didn't know who he was and I still have not necessarily met him you know the man of God hasn't made it clear what he wants if he has met me so for now I am a single woman waiting to be found and you know that's that's a conviction I've always kept within my heart and in my spirit that I wanted to honor my future husband and so you know that happened around the age of 14 and um, 15 and so don't get me wrong there were struggles like you know there were there were times when I would see guys and I really really liked them but I really believe that that was God's grace so how God kept me in my place of celibacy was literally and I don't think I reign you know I don't know if I had the chance to reign at home the way I wanted to but who you know nobody ever does um really so I'm not gonna sit here and criticize what I did because I believe whatever came out of my mouth last night had to come out um, so, but I wanted to bring it home here to say that I truly believe that God used rejection as my protection um, between the age of 13 till now, because every guy that I wanted to be with or, you know, you know, fancied or had a crush on or even in the church felt like he was going to be my husband. God just allowed it that they rejected me and it really hurt me. It really did. And I, that was a struggle that I had so much that I started to wear it as my mask. I started to identify myself as the girl who always got rejected and so I think you know as a result I kind of gave up I really did I gave up around I would say probably 18 19 I was like whatever I'm just going to be single just living my best life because at that time I was independent got my first apartment was in university so you know I was just open to so many opportunities and so I think even with that, I became hardened in my heart. So people started to prophesy marriage and I was like, whatever, like God, you know, do it in your own time. But deep down in my heart, I wanted marriage. I wanted it to happen. Six At the age of 16, in fact, I remembered saying I want to be married now. But I knew then I was, you know, immature, insecure. There was a lot of issues. I, if I even if I was found at 18, probably would have ended in divorce. So I thank God that his rejection worked as my as my protection. Um, but going forward, you know, the struggle for me started um, when I was at the age of, I would say, 24, 23, 24, because around that time um, I started getting prophetic words about my husband. And at the speed and the, the way it was coming, like, you know, even people who didn't really know me started to prophesy about this man of God. And so in hearing that, 
I started to become, you know, really anxious and I started to anticipate, you know, expect that this guy, he's coming. And I remembered it became so intense, you know, the urge, you know, the, the, the desire um, to be found and to be married. It came at the age of, you know, I'd say, yeah, between 23 and 25, but it became worse at 25 now. With all due respect to everyone who, you know, I encountered between those ages, you know, I know everyone meant well, but, you know, there were certain people that I was around and all they spoke about was marriage, you know, and I, I like that because they kept my faith going. But then I realized whilst it was working for my good in terms of keeping the faith in me and keeping the dream alive, it was also stirring up a spirit of impatience in me. And so one of the things I spoke about um, last night on the show, I spoke about one of the things that happened happened to me was that I became so needy and so wanting you know marriage that it showed up in my soul and so there were certain guys that I liked you know there was one particular guy that I really liked and it was that the desire for him was so deep that I started to have visions about him being my husband and one of the things I said last night and I would reiterate it here um you know on this podcast is that to young you know just not just young but older single women because this is an issue in the body of Christ right now where we have women who literally have held out and have said no god has shown me my husband it's him now the brother has not spoken to you it's been four five years he's not reached out to you even if he said hi to you he's not had a conversation with you he's not you know give shown you any interest whatsoever he's not told you that you know that he's seeking the lord about you nothing nothing's happened so you're here and there's probably three or four men that have gone by that have literally tried to show interest, tried to talk to you and you, you know, you've pushed them away because you're so sure that that man is your husband. And, you know, one of the things that I had to learn in my process was that was a lie. And God, you know, began to use a woman of God who was in like her late 40s you know, to talk to me. And I remember she said, Dana, that's a spirit that's been sent to keep you single. And I always remember that. And, you know, I could have been prideful, but I listened to her because she told me her story. And she said that that's something she held on to because there was a man who she was interested in and he never approached her and she had to let it go. And God revealed to her that that was some that was a trap of the enemy that was sent to hold her back. So my position is this, is that I'm like, OK, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to be found. But here's the thing. I am not set on just one person because what we have to learn to realize is that there's not just only one person out there, you know, that's supposed to marry you. You could easily match and make a good life with up to five 10 different men if you wanted to it's whoever steps out and is bold enough and you know has the same goals you know you not necessarily you don't necessarily have to see things the same way you know but you know you as long as you have you know a love for christ you have a vision together you know you see you know he matches you know his strength is you know let me i'm trying to word it properly so where you are weak his strengths make up for your weakness and vice versa um, th those are the things that I look out for, you know, in terms of our visions, you know, do we match, you know, my, does my skill, skill set, you know, match where you're trying to go to? Because at the end of the day, I'm going to submit to your vision and I'm going to help you meet your goal. That's the whole purpose of being a wife, helping him meet his goal. You're a help meet, you know, so. 
these are some of the things that God has had to deal with me in my process. And so I've made it my mission where everywhere I go, I'm literally telling, you know, sisters, you know, our woman, our queen, you know, queens, you know, in the body of Christ. I'm like, listen, right. Wake up, smell the coffee. If he has not approached you in, you know, in a year or whatever. And if all it is just smiling or small talk, please keep it moving. Like you have a destiny to fulfill and you don't want to be delayed any longer. And so those are some of the things I spoke about. Um, last night you know I spoke about the importance of why you know I felt like I I had to remain in this place of celibacy because number one I recognize my purpose I understand you know where God has and is calling me to and so the purpose of you know of where I'm going to it's important that I stay pure because you know I believe purity as well as you know Jesus Christ the word of God you know you know walking in the fruits of the spirit and all of that but purity is key purity is what you know enables me and empowers me to fulfill my purpose the thing for me is is that is that you know when you're sleeping around or you're sleeping with your partner you know your your mind is clouded your mental health you're you're clouded you can't you can't focus you know there's certain flaws and red flags that you will miss if you're busy sleeping with the brother and likewise brothers if you're busy sleeping with the sisters you know there's certain things that you're going to miss you know if you're sleeping with them and so one of the things that god has blessed me with in in this place of celibacy is that i've been able to focus and there are things that God has allowed me to birth out because of that level of focus and I've seen it where I became so you know enamored and so caught up in the idea of being found that I became distracted and I wasn't doing you know in fullness what God was calling me to do and the moment I released that burden you know that that guilt that 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 wanting to know is he the one or when is he going to speak to me because like I said this particular guy I wanted him so bad that I was starting to have visions. And here's the scary thing. These dreams started to become reality. And unfortunately, it's the negative dreams that I was having that was becoming reality. And I realized now because I was binding and loosening, I was fasting, coming against whatever was trying to hold me back from him. And I realized that it wasn't the devil that was showing up in my dreams, showing me nightmares. That was God out of his love trying to warn me to say, listen, red flag, red flag, run for your life. If you go there, you, you will never be the fullness of who I've called you to be. You will never walk in the full capacity of who I've called you to be as that woman of God. And so, you know, I, I need people to understand is that relationships are sent from God. Okay, marriage is a good thing. It's a blessing. Okay, when you've married the right person, it literally it can work out for your good. It is a true blessing. It's not to say that your life will be perfect and your troubles will be over. Not so. You know, there's going to be challenges. But here's the thing: when you've got someone who God has chosen for you, you know, who God I'm not say chosen but has ordained, you know, for you to court and to marry, you will find that you know you're able to come together and conquer you're able to defeat the kingdom of darkness together that's the whole purpose of marriage is being able to execute you know god's perfect plan and will for your life and so you know those are some of the things that i kind of touched on here's some of the things i'm saying right now they're new i've not said that on the show last night so you know do watch to get a balance of what it is i'm saying now and what i said you know last night which will be aired next sunday at 6 p.m and so you know one of the things i then delved into was you know the area of rejection you know and i think before i go into that i spoke about the fact you know that that it's important to be whole 
as long as you're still single, it's an opportunity for you to deal with the dysfunctions, you know, of your family, of your bloodline. And I use myself as an example that, you know, around the age of 24, you know, just a few months before my 25th birthday, the Lord began to reveal to me you know, certain things from my past, you know, I started seeing the territorial spirits that were ruling over my bloodline, some of the, the issues that I faced from a young girl leading up to my, you know, up to my 12th year, and some of the struggles I encountered there, you know, I started to see the spiritual root behind it. And, you know, from there, I didn't run. It was scary. It was quite traumatic. But in that, I said, you know what, this is the time I'm going to take and I'm going to deal with these roots. Forget, you know, wanting husband to come and find me now. God, I said, God, with your help, I want deliverance. I want freedom. That is my portion. That's one of the reasons why you died on the cross. So I am going to accept and receive the fruit of my deliverance because of the cross, the sacrifice at the cross. And so, you know, from 2015 to about 2017, I'd say, yeah, 2018, I went through a severe, severe deliverance process. I'm talking, you know, literal, you know, things started to come up about me, about things that happened to me, even before I, I could even, you know, remember, you know, or even think, you know, have the, the, the mind to think for myself. There were things that I had no choice, you know, in partaking in. But nevertheless, as a child, I was robbed, you know, and there were things that I was taken through. And so as a result, you know, these territorial spirits literally attached themselves and began to fight me, you know, in my young age, right up until, you know, in my mid-20s. And so God literally sent people, you know, in my life, deliverance ministers, people who were skilled in warfare that understood what I was dealing with. And God began to use them to fight for me in the spirit, to begin to pray and intercede and pour into me. And, you know, one of the beautiful things I would say to anyone is that, you see, it's not enough. You see, deliverance is a children's bread. And, you know, that's God's perfect will for our lives is to be delivered and walk in freedom. It's, you know, the, you know the, the Bible says, I believe it's in John 10 you know the latter clause I believe it says that you know Christ he came you know he came that we might have life and that we might have it you know abundantly whom the sun sets free is free indeed you know and so freedom is our portion in Jesus Christ but one of the things we have to understand is that a part of the deliverance process it's not enough to get rid of the issues but another part of this is also you know for you to also you know not not just get rid of the mess but then you also have to find something to replace that mess so i believe it's in the book of matthew where it talks about you know the house that had you know the seven you know the spirit in it and then the house was cleaned but then guess what the, the mistake there was that even though the house was cleaned it wasn't replaced so there was nothing to replace the demons that were in the house. And so this demon then went back and got seven more demons stronger than himself. And so what, you know, when God began to really unveil that scripture to me, he said, Dana, you're literally a lot's leaving you right now. There's a lot of things that's been broken off of you, but now you need to replace that with something else. And so I started reading the word more. I started filling up my spirit with the word, with worship. I started praying more, you know, I started, you know, journaling. So this is where my book, you know, finally came out in May 2017 but not just that there was something missing you know around um, November 2016 I realized something was still wrong and the Holy Spirit told me to reach out to Dr. Heather you know uh, um, Dr. Heather Brobby and you know from there till now we've been uprooting a lot of things and so I truly believe and I can see that my life is in a better place you know since I've been uprooting and here's the thing 
what I love that came out of the show last night was that, you know, we had five different women, you know, with five different journeys, you know, all walks of life. And I love how we mirrored each other, how we fed off of each other, we bounced off of each other. But I believe it was Linus Tamar. She said something that was quite mind blowing. She said, you know, there are levels to this. So when you've completed one level of healing and wholeness, you find that there is another layer that needs to come off of you. And that's something that I experienced is that as soon as I dealt with one layer, another trigger will come. Like I said, you know, another trigger will come forth and it will surface. Like I said at the beginning of my podcast was that, you know, Kobe Bryant, who was one of my favorite basketball players, like literally everyone who knew me closely knew that I loved, you know, Kobe Bryant. Like not like that, but you know what I mean? Like I didn't know the man, but like, you know, I was inspired by him. You know, I never really that's not something I spoke about a lot. So people probably be like this is the first time hearing that you like basketball but I used to play the game you know so I you know I always knew about Kobe Bryant like my you know they're parts of my family like my cousins you know who love basketball and so when I would go to America that's what we did we watched basketball and you know so when this happened it was trauma but just to show you you know that how interesting trauma is so Kobe Bryant died on a Sunday off you know Sunday morning okay his death obviously because he's an icon it may it all over the news now this is how trauma was so mysterious to me when I saw that on the news immediately I started to grieve and I could it felt like I lost a family member but then it took three days for me to realize what I was actually processing Kobe Bryant did die you know along with his daughter and the other seven victims but here is the thing my uncle died six years ago on a Sunday morning in Florida on his way back to his home in Atlanta his son was in the car and so was his wife you know by the time you know it was a it was a hit and run so they hit the back of the car and you know he was going to the back to help my cousin out of the car as he did that a truck came out of nowhere a trailer I believe they call it like a trailer truck um in America literally came out of nowhere and knocked him out literally dragged him and I remember being in England in Nottingham at the time and, you know, being a minister, I got the call that my uncle was hit. So at the time he was technically still alive. And I was, you know, before I could even say, Lord, fix it, the man was dead. And I remembered his death made it on the news. So what God was showing me was that literally, it, you, though I was sad for what happened to Kobe, it was quite tragic what happened to Kobe Bryant and his daughter and those other seven victims. But in fact, I was processing the grief that happened six years ago with my uncle. So I wasn't, even though it was Kobe Bryant, I was actually seeing my uncle. And the purpose of why I'm saying that to you is that it's also, this is something that I want to raise awareness is that when it comes to being a single man or a single woman it's important that in our single walk that we process the traumas the dysfunctions because here's the thing parents you know when you have your children you don't plan to disappoint your children you don't plan to hurt them but sometimes circumstances happen and you know when 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 dysfunctions and when certain triggers and things aren't dealt with in our own lives we then pass them on to our children and this is something that's called inherited trauma so you find yourself you know you think okay mom's always done that and when you look at how your mom has done things you find out that her mom also did 
things the same way. That's something that I had to, you know, on my journey to wholeness, I started to do research about my own family. I started doing research about my background and I found out that, you know, that things that happened to my mom, it actually happened to her mom and it also happened to her mom's mom. So I was like, wait a minute, this is something that's been inherited. So again, it wasn't on my own. It's by the grace of God and the Lord giving me context for what I was dealing with. I took a stand. And I said, you know what? It stops with me. All this dysfunction, it ends with me. The kicking out your children at the age of 17, it ends with me. Even if my children, and I say, God, please help me, because I say that, but until I get in the situation, I don't know what I'm going to be like as a mother. But I said, Lord, give me the grace how to handle my daughter, because there's no way I'm putting out my children at the age of 17, because I know what it did to me. And so as I'm working through these traumas and I'm working through these triggers, this is my gift to my future children and to my future husband. And so what the purpose of me saying all of that is to say that whilst you're still single, whilst you're in your place of, you know, of being celibate, if you are being celibate, it gives you that opportunity to focus and to really look at your, you know, it gives you the opportunity to look at yourself and to honestly review yourself, look in the mirror, the spiritual mirror from the word of God, the perspective of the word of God and say, look, this is what's happening to me. This is, this is why I'm here. And you do your research and you start to uproot things, you know, generationally, because the things that I'm experiencing that my, my mother or my mother's mother or all my aunts have never experienced before. So there are generational blessings that has been released into my life because I have yielded to the process. And let me just explain this to you. It's no walk in the park. You have to literally be committed. You have to commit yourself to want to do this. And it's not easy. There are days when you will literally be exposed to some things where God will start to expose things to you. And you're thinking, God, I don't want to see that. I don't think I, I don't think I want to know anymore. But here's the thing, you know. Your ignorance is a great weapon used by the enemy against you. You know, this is something God began to reveal to me in my process of deliverance. He started to show me that, Dana, he says, every, every area that you're ignorant in, and I believe it was Dr. Ron Carpenter, Pastor Ron Carpenter, who preached this at my church um, a few years ago at a conference. He said, you know, you, the greatest weapon that the enemy can use against you is your ignorance. So everywhere that you have warfare, it is as a result of your ignorance. So the minute God began to, you know, teach me wisdom, and he started to give me revelation in those areas. One by one, I started to see the enemy back off. The minute God turned the lights on in the area of my finances, he started to turn the light on in the area, you know, of my relationships. He started to teach me discernment, how to choose people, how to discern whether someone's for me. Because remember in the beginning of this podcast, I said that relationships are good. Relationships are good. But here's the thing relationships are something that the enemy will also use so when god wants to bless you i said this in my book transition how to get from here to a place called there i said when god wants to bless you he sends a person but when the enemy wants to take you out he also sends a person so you have got to be discerning whether it's a friendship whether it's a you know a courtship whether it's dating whether it's business you have to be discerning discernment is key I've learned, I take long now. When people say God told me or God has sent me to help you, I'm like, thank you, I appreciate it. But here's the thing, you're going to have to wait a few months because until I feel peace in my spirit, I'm not going to start nothing. There, there will be no contract signed. There will be nothing. 
You're going to wait until I hear God say yes. And if you can't wait, I bless you anyhow. You do what you have to do. But I'm going to wait no more when I rush into any relationship, whether it be business, whether it be, you know, spouse, you know, opportunities to, to date a person. I'm not doing it. I'm going to wait on God. And if I don't feel that release in my spirit, you can forget it. So I know I've been talking for a long time. So, you know, th- those are some of the things that, you know, that I wanted to expand on because I kind of just hit, you know, hit a few points, you know, which I was told was quite powerful. But I wanted to kind of expand, you know, on some of the things that I wanted to mention last night. But then another um, remit, you know, not remit, another thing that I spoke about was, you know, rejection. And I already mentioned a few points about rejection here was that, you know, rejection was God's protection for me. And I believe that that's one of the things that God used to work for me in terms of being able to keep, you know, remain celibate. Because, you know, let's just be honest. If there were guys throwing themselves at me everywhere and probably dated me or whatever, maybe I probably would have fallen. And God knows that. So that's why he kept them away from me until, you know, he trusts someone enough to keep me, you know, keep themselves pure and also for me to keep myself pure and we're disciplined enough to make it to the altar. And so, you know, one of the things I said to last night was that, you know, rejection is a capacity issue is that whenever you find, you know, yourself in a place of rejection, it's just an announcement. It is an announcement, okay, that there is something better. It is an announcement that God, you know, is protecting you. It's his grace. And it's also, it's a capacity thing. It's just an announcement that they're unable to, 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 to handle where you are and where you're going. You know, I always liken this as an example to the fact that when a woman is pregnant, you know, when she comes to full term, when labor starts to happen, when the womb starts to reject the baby. So if you're being rejected, it means that you're being released into a greater dimension. And so the way I look at it is that every time a guy rejects me, it just means that they're just, they're, they're telling me that, that I'm too big, that they don't have, you know, the ability or that the hands to carry me as a wife. You know, one of the things I said last night, and again, I don't want this to be misunderstood. I don't put, you know, the, the responsibility of a of a man to carry me in a sense that to to hold everything that I'm going through like when I say handle I mean you know can you can you can you handle there's no way to really explain that but are you able to to facilitate me in every level of my life and I know some people might think that's a bit of a you know a hard expectation but truth be told is I truly believe that the secret to a successful marriage is just being able to accommodate the growth of the other person and being able to grow and be sensitive to that person no matter how slow or how fast they're going I just believe is that when you can literally ebb and flow with that person that's when you found the person who fits where you are where you're coming from and where you're going now we've all been in different places in our lives I know that you know where you might have been 10 years ago your spouse might not have been there and so I just believe it's just a mutual understanding being able to understand the person you don't necessarily have to have all the answers or be able to take the pain from the person but just being able to stand with them in it and working through that that's what I mean you know by handling and so you find that some people they pair themselves up with men and women who just cannot handle where they're going so for example if you're a man you know who you know God has called you to be an apostle or called you to be a prophet or called you to be a pastor of a church but you're looking for a woman who's still carnal she doesn't care about anyone else but herself she doesn't even know how to intercede how is she going to intercede for the people that are going to come to your church 
How is she going to, you know, intercede for you as you're dealing with the burden and the weight of all these souls? These are things that we have to think about. If you're someone who knows you're called to the marketplace, we're not saying that they have to also be called to the marketplace. But can they handle, will they be jealous if other men in the corporate world are standing with you and are working with you? Do they have a jealous streak already? These are some of the things we look out for. And also look out for the strengths as well. You know, where do they fit in? You know, do they match your weakness in a sense that, you know, are they strong? in the areas of your weakness and vice versa because there's no point in marrying someone who shares the same weakness as you that's long you know you're just going to end up looking in each other's faces saying i love you but i love you in failure that's not the will of god so you know again just to round up because my god i have been talking you know for over 39 minutes so you know just to conclude um really is that you know just to just to say that you know if you are in a place of celibacy i just want to encourage you to remain and one of the scriptures that really helped me in this time and is something that continues to help me is um jude verse 24 it says now unto him was able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior. Now that might be a benediction because we use that scripture for benediction as well. But that's one of the scriptures that kept me now unto him who was able to keep me from falling. So I'm standing not by my own strength, but by his grace. So guys, I just want to thank you so much for listening to Destiny Moments with your host, Dana Fallon. And until we meet again, God bless you and take care.